This is The Doctor's Wife, episode number 73, Regret. The Doctor's Wife is a podcast for women who have supported their husbands through a decade or more of medical training and are now ready to find more fulfillment in marriage, more fulfillment in motherhood, and more fulfillment in their personal goals. You are really good at taking care of everyone else. It's time to take care of you. Yes, you are a doctor's wife, but you are so much more than that. Hey, 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 everybody. How is it going? How is everybody holding up? I just want to ask. We are, as I'm recording this, we're kind of in the middle of a pandemic, as they call it, with the uh, COVID-19 virus, and we've been kind of in our house, mostly um, not going too many places for a little over a week, and the world's kind of wild, isn't it? One thing I've noticed is just how everything feels heightened, like the really tender mercies and the special moments feel heightened, and then the negative emotions feel heightened. Like everything just feels a little bit more raw to me. And as I'm trying to just kind of take it one day at a time, it I've really been opened up to like the way my brain thinks about things as I'm just trying to observe my brain thinking about things instead of getting sucked into like the news and maybe what other people are saying about what's going on. I just want you to know I am thinking of you. I think about you so much and about how I can help you. I'm working on a couple of projects that will be very pertinent to your current homeschooling situation and your current situation with you sending your husband out to help people fight this disease every day. I know that that's can be very emotional for a lot of you. You have a lot of thoughts about that. And we're just going to dive into all of them. But today, before we talk about regret, I just want to share a little bit of inspiration with you. The first inspiration I want to share with you is just a beautiful review that I got on this podcast not too long ago. And this is from Megan Roberry. She says, I've been listening quietly to Sarah's podcast for over a year now, and it is so good. I've learned many new tools to manage my relationships and help me work on my mind. I'm excited by the possibilities she opens up for me on the things I can do to progress in my life. Thank you, Sarah, for this work. You've helped me grow. Thank you, Megan. I am so glad you are a part of this community. And thank you for that review. And for all of you listening, the podcast is growing. Like It's so fun to check out the download stats and like every month they're just bigger and bigger and bigger and I know that's because you are sharing this work and I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Please continue to share it and if you haven't, we take a little bit of time and leave me a review on iTunes. It would mean so much to me. I read all of them and it helps other people, other doctor's wives find this show. We're getting closer and closer to 100. Super excited about that. For Inspiration Station, also, I wanted to share a quote that a client sent to me last week. And this is from Raina Alberto, who's a member of the uh, General Relief Society presidency in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. She said this, A great woman is not a woman who does the work of 10 women, but one who is able to inspire 10 women to accomplish their own work. 
this just touched my heart so much. We are not asked to run faster than we have strength. We are just asked to do the best that we can and to help others on their way. I love most, what I love most about what I do as a life coach is being able to help others, other women to go after what they want most in life. It is just so fulfilling to me to help you create more connection in your marriages and drop the resentment that maybe you've been feeling for a really long time and show up as the mom that you want to be and make time and space in your life for what matters to you. I love this work that I do so much and you are all just an inspiration to me. So thank you for being here. And just one more thing before I get started on today's episode. I created months ago a list of 50 fun things to do when your husband is on call. I had no idea at the time how useful it would be during this time of self, what do they call it, of social distancing, when we're basically just spending a lot of time alone with just our families. Because most of those activities you can do at home, because I was thinking about how you could still be with your children and still do fun things. Some of them are with your children. Some of them are alone. A few of them are outside of the house, but most of them are inside of the house. And it's so pertinent to now. So if you haven't got that list, then go to sarahpaincom forward slash fun and get that list. I literally asked hundreds of doctor's wives what they do when their husband is on call to keep the night, the late nights and the weekends fun. And this list is a compilation of the very best ideas. So go check that out, sarahpain.com forward slash fun, or you can go on to Sarah Payne Coaching and it's right in my Instagram profile as well. But get that list. It will be a bright spot in your homeschooling journey. Okay, now we're, we're really ready to start talking about regret. According to Google, re- the definition of regret is a feeling of sadness or disappointment over something that has happened or a missed opportunity. I think that's a really interesting definition because as I've spoken with many women as part of my job as a life coach, when regret comes up, it's talked about kind of like it's just something that happens to us. Like I regret marrying him or I regret saying those things to my mother-in-law. Or I regret not having enough food storage when the pandemic came along. And while my clients will take responsibility for what they did or didn't do, what they initially don't recognize is that they can choose whether or not they feel regret about that decision. That's the part that doesn't just happen to them. It's kind of like talked about like we don't have a choice. It's just something that happens to us. And it's this subtle way I've noticed that we don't get our own back. This is what I've discovered. Regret is the equivalent of our current self beating up on our own past self for decisions that she has made. Regret feels really useful. Let me say that again. Regret is like the equivalent of our current self, our today self, beating up on our past self for decisions that she's made. Let me tell you, it's not useful because regret is not a motivating emotion. Regret is a form of shame. And when we feel ashamed, we don't want to get out there and change our life. We just want to crawl in a corner or in the pantry or hide by scrolling on our phones 
or binge watch Netflix, we don't want to change our lives because we feel so terrible. And that's why I truly believe that regret is never useful, ever. It's, there's a difference, let me explain, between saying, I will never do that again, and I regret doing that. Saying, I will never do that again, acknowledges that, yeah, I learned from something I did and I wouldn't do it again, but I don't regret doing it. Whereas regret says, I never should have done it in the first place. But if you subscribe to my view, and I highly recommend you do, that you're either winning or you're learning, then things you do in the past that you would never do again are just learning opportunities. That's it. And in that way, you never, you can decide that you never have to regret anything because you either succeed from it or you learn from it. But there's three ways that I see my clients use regret in their lives. I'm going to talk about each of them and then hopefully it will help you see if you find these areas in your own life. Okay. The first way that we use regret is as an excuse. For example, I've heard clients say, I regret not standing up for myself early on in my marriage. And now it's just kind of the way it is. Like I've never stood up for myself before, so I can't stand up for myself now. Just think about that. It's not true. Just because in the past you haven't spoken your mind or quote unquote stood up for yourself, it doesn't mean that you can't start today to say what you really think. But it's your brain's sneaky way of avoiding discomfort. Because even though regret feels uncomfortable and disappointing and even shameful, for some of us, it is more familiar than the discomfort that we might feel by sticking up for ourselves when it comes to a conversation with our husbands or with our relationship or maybe with our mother-in-law or in a job, or whatever it is, with our sister. When we consider how uncomfortable that might be, it just feels easier in the moment to say, well, I mean, I regret not ever, like not doing that when I was first married. And so I can't really do it now. I have a client and she kind of was talking to me about how yeah, the housework has kind of always just been something that I do and I should have put my foot down. I regret not putting my foot down in the beginning of our marriage or even right after we finished residency and telling my husband, now this is a job for both of us because it's just my job now. Like he doesn't do it. And if I only would have stood up for myself at the beginning of our marriage, then I wouldn't be in this position where I had to do all the housework all the time. But what she's not seeing is that she can totally have that conversation now. But her brain is making her believe that she can't or that it would be too uncomfortable or not worth bringing up. Because the discomfort of that conversation in the moment is greater than like the slow drip of regretting what she did in the first place. So that's the first way I see it happening. We use regret as an excuse to keep us from having uncomfortable conversations, which of course they're only uncomfortable because of what we think about them. That's what our brain is telling us. And so 
I want you to think about a time or an area in your life where you might be doing this, where you might be thinking like, oh, I wish I, I would have set the standard at this point and now it's just too late. We hear it with like kids and cell phones, right? I never should have given them a cell phone. I regret giving them a cell phone this early. But the reality is you can take the cell phone away whenever you want. You're the parent. And now hear me, I'm not telling you to take away the cell phone. I'm just saying that sometimes your brain tricks you into believing that it's not possible for you to take a stand now because you didn't take a stand in the past. And so you're using regret as an excuse not to have a conversation with your teenager or with your husband or with your mother-in-law that might be challenging. The second way that I see regret used is to, to try to motivate us. And I touched on this a little bit. It can sound productive and motivating, but it is not. And I, and I, as I coached so many of you this week, I offered free coaching with everything going on in the world. I just opened up my calendar as much as I could. And I can't tell you how many times I heard, I regret not being more prepared for the COVID-19 pandemic. It sounds useful. It sounds like should have been more prepared. But behind that is whenever I asked my clients how they felt about that, like how does it feel to believe I should have been more prepared? They would say, I regret it and it feels shameful. You know what they don't do when they feel ashamed? They don't sit down and make a intense evacuation plan for when the next problem happens. They don't create robust 72-hour kits. They don't make a list of everything they need in their food storage in order to survive for the next six months or whatever. They don't do that. As human beings, when we feel ashamed, we don't take action. And we for sure don't take useful action. We just beat ourselves up, beat ourselves up, beat ourselves up. And then we look for somebody to blame. And then we beat ourselves up. And then it's got to be somebody else's fault. If only my husband would have been home more. If only he would have taken more initiative on the 72-hour kits, I wouldn't be feeling so terrible. Why does this always have to be my responsibility? And then we beat ourselves up for feeling or for getting upset with him and acting passive aggressive. It's just this vicious cycle. What is interesting, I believe, too, that with like, for example, with food storage, Another thing that we do when we feel ashamed is we go and spend money on things that we don't need to try to make us feel better, like more throw pillows at Target or a new shirt or a bunch of stuff we don't need on Amazon, which just further perpetuates that we don't have the funds or the means to have a robust food storage or whatever it is. Like it's the, It does the exact opposite of what we want it to do. I want you to, I want to offer to you <clears throat> that, of course, Regret and shame are available to you to think about this example of being more prepared. But you know what else is available to you? Gratitude. You can choose to feel grateful that your family has everything they need in this moment. You know how I know that? Because you're listening to this podcast. You clearly had enough food to sustain you for a week, or you had enough money to go and buy the supplies that you needed. It is equally available to you to be grateful. We are living in a time and under circumstances that while this, what's going on in the outside world can feel challenging at times, it also, we're still able to go to the grocery store. It wasn't like a huge earthquake just wiped us all out or a tsunami or whatever. 
you can feel grateful that you still have the ability to take care of your family through all of this. And gratitude, my friends, is so much more motivating than regret or shame. You can also feel gratitude and think, I'm so glad I get another chance to create the kind of emergency preparedness plan that I really want to have. I'm so thankful that we have what we need today. It's totally available for, to you to think, I'm never going to not be this prepared again, and I'm so grateful that I get another chance. And drop the part where you believe, I regret not being so prepared. That has, I've seen that bring so much shame to so many women this week. And then they add, add on that layer of like, and we were even counseled by our church members to be more prepared, and I just didn't listen. And they make it mean all sorts of things about themselves, which the thought in and of itself, I wasn't prepared, is just a thought. Like clearly you were prepared enough to still be alive today. So that is something I would offer you as a way to think about things. And instead of using regret to try to motivate you, that you look for ways to be grateful instead, because gratitude is so much more motivating. Even if what you're grateful for is just a chance to do it differently in the future. It sounds like such a subtle difference, but it's everything, let me tell you, because one of them brings, makes you feel ashamed and one of them makes you feel thankful and grateful, and that will make all the difference because thank, thankfulness and gratitude are so much more motivating than shame and regret and guilt. All right, the third thing I've seen that we do, that we use regret is that we use it as a protective measure to keep us from making decisions because we are afraid of making the wrong ones in the future. So we just spin and spin and spin. Let me give you an example. Sometimes I coach women on the idea that they regret marrying their husband. And they say to me, just like it's just something that happened to them, like regret just came upon them. They had no choice. They just regret marrying him. They never should have made that decision. They own the decision that they made, but they believe that the decision, in this case, to marry their husband, is what is making them feel regret instead of their thoughts about the decision. See the difference? And what that does is that keeps them stuck from making more decisions in the future because they're afraid of making the wrong one again. They're afraid, what they're really afraid of is that what their future self is going to say to them about the decisions that they're making today. They're afraid of how they'll treat themselves in the future. And that's the part that is totally optional. Like truly, you guys, I've just decided I have no regrets. That is not the same as I make no mistakes. I make mistakes all the time, every day. But to say I don't have regrets frees me up from worrying about how I'll treat myself in the future and what I'll say to myself about decisions that I'm making today. 
The antidote is to work on your relationship with yourself. When you know deep down in your bones that you'll be kind to yourself and not turn your back on yourself in the future, you won't be paralyzed in fear about making a wrong choice because you all you're truly afraid of is the thoughts that you might think in the future about yourself, about you're afraid of what you might say to yourself and how you'll feel. And all of that is completely within your control. You can decide right now that you'll get your own back no matter what. Let me give you just a small example. When we were moving from Maine to Montana, I flew out here by myself and met my mom and my mother-in-law and my sister, and they all were going to go house hunting with me. So Ryan stayed in Maine with the kids, and I flew out for a short weekend. I decided ahead of time, I am finding the best house for us, and I'm going to make a decision this weekend because we're not moving to Montana without a home to live in. And so we saw, I don't know, 25 houses or something like that. And there was one that was clearly the winner. All of us loved it the most. And it was just like, yes, this is the house. So we bought it. We went forward. I bought it without Ryan ever seeing it. And I just told myself, I am always going to believe that this was the best decision. Now, all along the way, there have been times when my brain has wanted to think things like, you should have moved to that one neighborhood. There's more kids in that neighborhood. Or maybe you should have bought a smaller house so you guys could pay it off sooner. Or maybe you should have bought a newer house. Or maybe you should have bought a house with less stairs. And I just choose to tell my brain, you know what? I know I made the right decision because that's the decision I made. Does that mean we'll never move from this house? Absolutely not. It just means that I am getting my own back the back of my past self who decided that this was the best house for us. I just choose to believe that it is and I get my own back. Another example, I went, I had a conference in Dallas last Thursday. I was flying out last Thursday, March 11th. And I just decided I'm going to that conference. There was kind of some things up in the air. I think that was the day that like a couple of NBA players got sick and they canceled all the games. And But that night I just decided I'm going to go. I feel good about it. I'm going to go and I'm going to have a great time and everything's going to work out. I flew out that morning and the conference got canceled when I was en route. It could have, I could have easily said, What a big fat mistake I made. I regret this so much. What a waste of time. What a waste of money. I can't believe I did that. But you know what? I don't do that because I'm a person who gets my own back. So instead, I looked at all of the things that were good about going. I got to see some of my friends that I was going to see from the conference and we got to go out to dinner and I got to really appreciate wanting to be with my family during this time. And I got to tell myself, you know what? Next time I'm in a situation like that, I might err on the side of not going. But I don't regret going because I learned so much from it. And I'm going to get my own back. So often, especially with members of the church, I see this play out like this regret. It doesn't just become something that they regret, but it becomes so much more than that to them. Like, I thought I received a prompting that I was supposed to go and clearly I wasn't because the conference got canceled. When in reality, just because the conference got canceled, it doesn't mean that you wouldn't 
that has anything to do with the prompting that you received to go. Like, what if you were supposed to go anyway? Like, it's so easy, I think, for us sometimes to make it mean something about the way that we communicate with God when we, because we think that when we are praying and asking for direction, we think it's going to go a certain way. And that if it doesn't, that we have to regret it. When in reality, we have no idea how it's going to go. And that you can choose, I give you permission to just choose to trust in those promptings and not look back and regret them no matter what. Do you see the difference? It might sound subtle or inconsequential, but truly, you guys, it is, it, it's everything because it's about how you treat yourself in the decisions that you made, make <clears throat> and about noticing when you might be using regret as a protective measure to keep you from making decisions. Because while regret doesn't feel very good, you don't have to make wrong decisions if you just spin out in indecision all the time because you're so afraid of regret. But the thing is, the only thing you'll regret is the way, like that's totally up to you and how you choose to talk to yourself about decisions that you made and how you choose to treat your past self once you get there. Regret is something that is totally within your control. And it's all about how you choose to look at situations and how you choose to treat yourself. And truly, I'm going to say this again. When we regret something, it is the equivalent of our current self beating up on our own past self. And that is optional. So don't use regret as an excuse and don't use it to try to motivate yourself. There are much, much better emotions to do that. One of them being gratitude. And number three, don't use regret as a protective measure to keep you from making decisions because the only thing you have to regret is the way that you'll treat yourself in the future. And that is within your control. If you struggle with regret, I can help you with that. That is what I do. I offer a few free consultation calls every week where I meet with doctor's wives just like you. And we talk about the things in their life that they regret. And more importantly, what we talk about is the future that they want to create for themselves. It is totally available to you. And I can help you get there. I can't tell you how many people that I've had consultation calls with that have just said, oh my goodness, like, like I can't believe that you were able to figure those things out about my life in just one conversation. You would be so surprised in what I can help you see about your life in a single conversation. It's a totally non-judgmental space. We do it over Zoom. I even have some clients who turn off their camera because they feel less vulnerable that way. That's totally up to you. But I want you to consider that there has never been a more pertinent time to make your mental health a priority. Truly, there can be so much outer chaos going on in the world and you can feel inner calm. Now is truly the time to learn the skill of managing your emotions. And if you want help with that, it would truly be my honor to help you in one of my free consultation calls. So go to sarahpain.com and sign up today. Have a good one, you guys.